Welcome to Turnbuckles. I'm John Reinman, and I got in trouble for mowing the Twilight Zone logo into our yard when I was 13. I'm Tommy Rico, and with my neighborhood crew, I tried to take an unsanctioned joyride on a tractor after sneaking into a local farm only to be chased off the premises by two women on horseback brandishing riding crops. I'm Julie Harrison Harney, and I broke up with my ex-boyfriend to date a tractor salesman. I sent him a John Deere letter. Damn it! That was going to be one of my jokes for our (laughs) first segment. Because we're kicking it off with a segment that's bizarre, but necessary. It's time for Tractor Talk. Tractor Talk. Okay, so I'm just going to point out, and I've said this already to both you off, you're Vince McMahon. For 40 years, right? You, You run the company. You're there. You're the guy. And when do, they, when do they finally bust you and kick you out? Right before you get to play with a tractor all for yourself for an entire day. It hurts. You, you it know hurts. that he's so, you know that ever since Trump was there honking the horn of that fire truck at the White House, Vince has been like, mm, wait till I get my fucking tractor. You know that he had this tractor booked since like St. Patrick's Day. He was going to ride around in it. You know, he's going to put on the helmet. He's going to dump dirt all over Michael Cole just to be a jerk. Maybe he drove it to the arena. (laughs) He picked it up from the Enterprise Rent-A-Tractor. But the tractor stole the show at SummerSlam. And for people who don't know what we're talking about, where have you been? It was like the number one trending picture. It was still like number, it was a top three thing the next day, even on Twitter, I think. Uh, Brock Lesnar had a tractor and uh, somehow went unnoticed. It was one of those things. It was almost like, remember that show, The State, with Michael Ian Black and all those guys back in the 90s? Tommy, you remember that, right? I that do. sketch show? Yeah. The Lowell Maximum Security Prison. That was a sketch. <laughs> and it was, uh, hey, uh, you can do anything you want, but you see those cones over there? It was like a couple orange cones. It was like, that area over there is off limits. You just can't go through those cones. And they just didn't have a fence at this prison. And then they, like, one of them was like, I got a plan. I'm thinking of sneaking through the, the place they say is off limits. Like, you can't do that. That's how I felt with the tractor. That, like, the whole show, everybody was like, hey, is that tractor supposed to be here? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what tra- that tractor over there? And then I loved Corey Graves. Said, well, it's Tennessee. Like, there isn't a state in, in the country that has at least, that has tractor usage. Like, you know, I mean, I know that everyone has their thing, but I'm sorry. As someone from New Hampshire, I'm just like, oh, yeah, because it's what? Because it's not Manhattan. You have to have a bunch of tractors just sitting around inside every arena. And uh, but anyway, it sits there the whole show and everyone thinks nothing of it. Just like a vacuum cleaner or an umbrella in the corner. Of your, Did either uh, your of you see it your... before it made its appearance with Brock driving it? Because I, I didn't. No, I didn't either. Well, they, <laughs> well, you know what they did? They did like they do with Randy Orton or Bray, and they had it dress up like one of the ring crew, and during a lights <laughs> down, they snuck it in. Oh, Jesus. And then when the lights were, and then it got underneath and took off the suit and handed it to Christian, the writer's assistant. Yep. Well, and every time there was a bad camera angle, that was the tractor, so they could blame it on the tractor. <laughs> the tractor doesn't have Wait, are you saying the tractor was operating a camera? So it was yes. disguised as a cameraman? I don't know how they snuck it in. Anyway, the tractor's there. And then uh, they make a big to-do about it. Like, what's that? Tra- it was the gobbledygooker uh, of Sears. 
was what it was. It was just this thing that sat there. What's that tractor doing there? I can't imagine. Brock Lesnar's coming out next, but I, I can't put together. We have this farmer from Saskatchewan <laughs> who, on his Instagram, skins animals, and there's a tractor sitting there. I can't figure out what's going to happen here. But as Paul Heyman said, uh, if it ends up being something awesome, does it matter if you know where it's going? That was one of the things. That, and um, he was right. It was pre- it, the track. Tommy, you said it. The tractor was over. That was almost the, tract- the end of this episode. Well, but the tractor got over because the tractor was not over when it showed up because that was a long ride to the ring and tractors are, are not known for their speed. It so it took slow. Brock a while. Yeah, yeah. it took Brock a while to get Are you get saying the tractor the- Papa Shango that's running? No, it was, it was on confused. time. It just couldn't go any faster than it went. But so the, it was like uh, John the, Cena at WrestleMania 34. Yeah, the, the tractor is trolling Roman Reigns and how slow his yep. entrance is. <laughs> <laughs> Roman is still Roman on foot, still slower than the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> well, the tra- the tractor didn't have its own music to go to. So that's true. Roman, so, Roman walks with a slow theme. Well, I, Julie and I, we worked on a song for the tractor. It goes, well, well, I'm the tractor. <laughs> and then uh, in a few months, it gets insulted because uh, it was made to look weak in a backstage segment. Yep. And it, and it bolts. Tractor is gone. You heard it. You heard it here first, everybody. Tractor is all elite. <laughs> well, I, I we are will, very uh... happy to have signed Tractor. I just had the greatest farming experience of my life. I was out with my dad and <laughs> the two founders of John Deere and a man from Sears. And some guys from the Beverly Hillbillies, best dinner I've ever had. We signed Tractor! Watch Dynamite what? tonight on watch TBS. Dyna- watch, watch Dynamite tonight <laughs> after uh, Die Hard 2. <laughs> 8 p.m. Eastern, 8, 8 p.m. 7 p.m. Central. 6 p.m. Mountain. Mountain. Can't forget them. They have the most, that, they have the highest tractor demographic, I heard. They do! <laughs> Well, the, the tractor didn't really provide too much entertainment until Brock climbed into the front of the tractor, which he had raised, and uh, with a mic, cut a little promo on Roman, and then tossed the mic to Roman, who casually grabbed it from midair, barely moving his hand, awesome, winking at Brock, which was yeah. really, really great. Shades of and Mr. They had, Perfect. They had a, a traditional Brock, Versus Roman match. I mean, it was a banger. It was hard hitting. It was a lot of crazy stuff. But the tractor just kind of sat there. And we all wondered, like, all right, this, are they going to do it or are they not going to do it? Because, it, I mean, was legitimately, those rings. Try to sweet talk the tractor. Yeah. <laughs> try to get the tractor to be one of them. You never put it past him. It's true. It could be. It's true. Joins mm. the bloodline. Have you thought about being a wood chipper, my good machine? I always loved back in the day when they would have the wrestling card in the newspaper and they would have like the listed wrestlers with their manager. So it'd be like, you know, Andre the Giant with Bobby Heenan. Of course. So this match was Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar with Tractor. <laughs> and Tractor. <laughs> wasn't Tractor one of the, wasn't he the leader of uh, that group too? What was the name of them? The Autobots? No. What was the one that came in the... Uh, uh, what was oh, retribution! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it was. Tra- I remember it was, it was. It was tractor, and then it was corn oh. cob. I seem to recall. T bar mace was one of them. and tractor. 
Yeah, and they all change shape and size and height and ethnic <laughs> background every week. But and now one group. of them's a model. We know what we're doing here. Um, yeah, uh, I thought that. And then, um, did you guys think they were going to go for it? I I had my doubts as the match wore on. I'm like, the, that tractor, tractor is just yeah. Well, I, I saw this on. <laughs> well, uh, you won't believe this, but uh, Brock Lesnar has never lifted a ring with a tractor. <laughs> it's not a thing you really do no. at the performance center. And I got nervous for the crowd because he just started pushing the ring. And uh, I was he like, he also Man. hugged the barricade when he was driving it down to the ring. There was a point he, where like, he's going to run over the front row. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was going to say, man, after 25 years, Michael Cole finally gets to just call the show. Oh man. He just got jammed. He's like, he's like the wife in the movie signs where the, the only thing holding him together anymore now is the ring and, and the barrier. So everyone go out and say, say what you want to, to Michael Cole. He got, he got quiet there for a second when that ring was moving. I would too. Um, but then when the ring went up, so Brock Lesnar, an incredible visual. That's when I was like, that's when I was like, Oh, I'm into this because of tractor, you know? <laughs> and, um, well, cause we've seen them before. So this it had to be the most we've spectacular visual ever. Wait, are you saying we've seen tractors before? Is that what you're? I mean, tractor in the in NXT wild, sure, but name? no, we've seen Brock versus Roman before. Oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> we've seen tractors before. I want to see. I tried them do to steal one, Julie. Don't you guys remember when tractor was lawnmower <laughs> and then they got let go during 2020, and then Hunter's in charge and they brought him back. He's tractor now. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I tried to tractor jack. Uh, when I was a kid, I mean, I, I, I made that very clear in the open. That's not a gag. Yes. We really did try to steal that tractor. Yeah, I've had I had tractor problems myself. Um, but anyway, um, it's uh, I just picture it, but I just keep coming back to like day of if Vince is still there and trying trying to make it bigger and being like, mm, can it turn into a robot? A transformer. And then, yes, <laughs> and then the answer is no. But then it is. You have to figure it out um, from the writer's assistant. Can we please get a tractor that can turn into a transformer? Yes. Truckosaurus. And that's the thing says, that exists. Oh, yeah, let's talk to Vance. He wants, he wants Optimus Prime. So we're going to bring him in. And, um, and then years later, it's like, uh, you, you had, uh, you had Optimus Prime in there. Chat me up. Well, he wasn't as nice as Leslie Nielsen, <laughs> but he was pretty damn cool. I liked him. I said, Optimus Prime. I want to know, did you cheat at baseball? Um, I'm getting my Bruce stories conflated, but, um, yeah, it was, well, uh, it was an amazing moment. And then I want to shout out, uh, Ollie Davis of YouTube's wrestle talk because he had the comment that I think is the best describer of, of what this visual was. He said that, um, looking at the ring destroyed by the tractor, yep. uh, it looked like they broke wrestling. It was a deeply unsettling image. Yeah. Like every time they flashed back to the full, you know, the, the full screen of the, the ring, it looked just so chaotic and weird. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's a deeply unsettling image. And that, I mean, that's what made the match. Because up to that point, again, it was a Brock Roman match, which we have seen before, but that was <sighs> wild. And then Roman agreeing to take the tumble from the top of the <laughs> ring real all the too. way out. That was insane. What a risk. Imagine your 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 Triple H. It's your first show pay, a premium live event. Your first PLE, your plea. Well, that's not a good word. I want to rethink that WWE. Give you some advice. Um, not, it's not your fault. 
uh, when anyone who's still there. But um, yeah, it's your first premium live event. And imagine if the, like that those two seconds when Brock couldn't get the ring up and it was just pushing the ring and it almost became a mass tractor incident. Imagine that. Imagine that's your first thing. That's like, so you finally got to run wrestling, right? Yep. And why aren't you doing it now? Ran over a bunch of people with a tractor. <laughs> At what again? Wrestling show. A plea. At plea. So, like, this was like, what, in a thing? No, it was on, it was a premium live event. It was on Peacock. Killed a bunch of people with a tractor. Were you guys kind of disappointed that there was nothing that's traditionally under the ring? Like there wasn't like 50 kendo sticks and like, <laughs> or Bray and Wyatt. Like Dan that Housen, was the tweet I saw a lot. Hornswoggle. Like, that was a tweet I saw a lot was, well, Bray Wyatt's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like a to have him there just idea. sitting Parallel and waiting, thought. being like, guys, I've been here the whole time. Imagine. Yeah. That's how you know the Undertaker is retired. He wasn't under there either. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. He's doing stand up now. Yep. Yeah, he, he's doing stand up. He just hangs out. Um, I, um, yeah, I thought it was a, an incredible visual, but it was a good metaphor. It was like, hey, man, we're flipping wrestling. We're flipping it on its head. And uh, so if you want to go check out, uh, be part of Tractor Mania, brother. They should sell the merch. I want Tractor 316. I want Tractor Mania. There's all sorts of things you could do with Tractor. I want to see Tractor again. Wouldn't it be something if Tractor got another pay-per-view, but the other Undertaker only has a one-off from 1994? Remember that, Tom, when they had the two Undertakers, yes. and the other Undertaker was just as good as the real Undertaker, but we never saw him again? <laughs> what if Tractor comes back? <laughs> but well, I go yeah. to Survivor Series this November. I want to see the gobbledygooker ride in on a goddamn tractor and say, man, they each got their day. I did uh, like that they branded the tractor with with uh, Brock Lesnar's logo, just in case anyone didn't know this was Brock's personal yes. tractor. Again, whose tractor is that over there? Well, I don't know. It says Brock, it has a Brock Lesnar vanity plate on it. <laughs> They're from oh, Saskatchewan. By the way, b before we wrap up, man, Paul Heyman taking an F5 through a announce oh, yeah. table. My goodness. <laughs> and not in a creative meeting either. This was actually part of... <laughs> Oh, the planned storyline. I'm just that going is... off of things I've heard, Julie, and I, I heard them from just saying that is a brave man. That is a brave man. Yeah, Paul, uh, even as 20 years ago, he took a rough bump from The Undertaker at a SmackDown taping that I was at in Boston. And, he, and I brought that up and he went out. He was like, that was not fun to take. So imagining the F5 through the table and he got up and he sold. Do we think it was real selling, or do we, do we think Paul was like, what the fuck did I agree to do that for? I think it's a little of both. I mean, I, he, he's, he's Paul Heyman, so he's gonna sell, yeah. but I'm sure that at least half of it was real pain. I think it was a little bit of reverse sell. I think he was no-selling no a little bit, just to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Because, uh, well, man. And by anyway, the way, speaking of no-selling, who was trying to hang out with the tractor and get a little, a little over from rubbing off the tractor at the end? <laughs> An ill-conceived camera angle showed that Theory was hanging out with the tractor at the end of the match. There. The classic. The classic. The SNL 1250 sketch when everyone forgot to block it because they didn't think it was going to be in the show. And there's the goodbye, the goodnight camera angle of the ring tilted. The big tractor and Theory look visibly looking around for anyone to tell him where to go. By the Anyways, way, Theory, who this, came back it, to life after being dead... <laughs> 
Yes. He was like completely destroyed and then all of a sudden was standing upright with his briefcase again to hang with the tractor. Anyway, shout out to Michael Cole for For the love of God, count faster! Which is now my favorite line of any thing. I, I hope they play that next year when uh, the Celtics are playing Giannis Antetokounmpo and shooting free throws. If I was on every time he'd be at the free throw line. For the love of God, count faster! Uh, if you want to see and hear uh, Tractor Mania, check it out. SummerSlam on what I call the Winged Rainbow. Peacock. And now it is time for the Raw Recap. Raw Recap. So we had a commercial free first hour and that got everyone excited. And there was all sorts of uh, buzz throughout the day about how great the show is. But Julie, you are our analytics expert. And tell us the truth behind the commercial free first hour. Because Ross, Ross got a big... Big rating today. It was over 2 million, yeah. if I'm correct, yeah. right? It was like 2.2, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, But Julie, explain the trickery of the yeah. commercial-free first hour. It's a, it's, and I'm not saying it's cheating or it's wrong or it's not correct, but just to be clear, that you can't really compare this episode to every other episode in terms of ratings because every other episode has had four commercial breaks in the first hour. So... um I think I think this and it again, was a little... I want to thank all the wrestlers for never never winning a match during a commercial break. <laughs> Very kind. It's a lot to think about while you're competing. Thank you. Thank you for uh, over almost 30 years now of remembering the viewer and just agreeing not to win during the commercial. Have they thank actually you. not done that? I feel like Paul Heyman would be a do a good job of cutting working with the network cutting in halfway through a commercial be like we're back live the pin just happened it we- happened in the first season of raw when it was yeah. at the manhattan center and vince yeah. was pissed really it was when he was in character he was like oh, oh tommy i was thinking about this the other day you remember how vince used his his voice was so amazing because he'd go really high and then he'd go down the gravelly to be like wait a minute brother it sounded like to, two different people. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then Savage would just be like, I don't like that at all. I want my hat. And because uh, that was a storyline, the repo man stole Randy Savage's hat, ran for three weeks. Um, true story. And as part of that, around that era, that did happen. There was, I recall, it was Mr. Perfect. I want to say Rick Martell, maybe. There was a match they, they screwed up and missed the finish and then came back. And they just kind of were there for <laughs> the end well, of the show. By the way, because we don't bring him up an awful lot, I'm just going to say it right now. Rick Martell belongs in the Hall of Fame. What, yeah. Why is that an omission? One of the best of wrestlers of the 80s and 90s. He should be there. I've never heard a bad thing about the person. And everyone I've met in the industry, that actually came up a couple times in Stanford. Because, you know, we had Bruce. And so we were all fans of Bruce's podcast. Maybe we could just be like, hey, tell us a story. Yeah, Martell came up a lot. And he always said... Be in the Hall of Fame. That was his thing. One of the greatest non-world champions ever. Him, uh, Ravishing Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect, all three of those guys. Remember when he fought Shawn Michaels and they couldn't punch each other in the face at SummerSlam (laughs) in 92? Yes, That was the last premium live event, aka pay-per-view overseas in the UK that I think we also would get here, right? Am I wrong? Or was there... Yeah, there there was insurrection as well. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was that was the state. One. And now we're getting clash show. at the castle. Outdoor stadium show though, first one since SummerSlam in '92. I know yes. it's the first. Yes, and uh, that was a great. That was that was an under. <laughs> the crowd was dead, but nine-year-old Ryanman, who was you know, the comedian, 
as I was referred to, uh, I appreciated that match. That it was two heels with Sherry in love with both, but they couldn't hit each other in the face. But then they also couldn't hit each other below the belt because Sherry made that rule. So then it became you couldn't really do anything, and then they just beat the shit out of each other. Yep. And got disqualified. And Sherry was screwed. And then some, Sherry's skirt came off. That always happened somehow. She could be like visiting kids in the hospital, and somehow her fucking skirt would, and her shoes would go flying off, and she'd be screwed. Well, and then at she'd take a crazy bump. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. take an insane bump that the guys wouldn't do. Did you guys yeah, see but- Sherry fall down, the, fall down the escalator in the mall match? That was an unbelievable <laughs> bump. Well, I was watch I was watching the picture in picture, by the way, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but normally when Wait, wrestling they did goes have commercials to, though, but it was picture in picture, right? Right for after hour, the first two hour. and three. Oh, yeah. but so in know. one of the picture in pictures, generally speaking, when you go to an ad break, the wrestlers are they they're no you know they it's made known that okay we're going to commercial and it's typically rest holds or it's like you know somebody gets thrown out of the ring and's got to stay outside for a little while come back in, they come back in when the uh, commercial's over but there was in that Ziggler Champa Chad Gable triple threat there was an amazing chain wrestling exchange between Chad Gable and Ziggler both of whom are unbelievably accomplished amateur wrestlers and it was awesome and I went, what are you doing why is this yeah. on during the commercial but yeah, I'll tell you what a, they're doing, Tom. You're the hardcore wrestling fan, so you're yes. going to notice that. People like me and Julie are like, what's going on with Geico over there? Huh? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I should give them a call at. and say And then 10%. when they come back and they're doing like, you know, uh, like, you know, the electric slide in the ring for some reason, that's when I go, oh, hey, wrestling, fun. Um, they still missed an opportunity. How? The Miz was wearing hello... My name is, I have what? massive balls. Oh. The Miz. Okay. And they should have done picture in picture with Manscaped. Ah. During his entrance. That would have been, you know. Not everyone's just, on the, on the, on it. Like the turnbuckles team. Thank you. Thank we'll you. We'll get to shortly. Yeah. Brought to you by Manscaped. This might even be a good place to drop that in. Support for Turnbuckles is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer we'll get to in a moment. Look, folks, I am half Cuban and half Italian, which means I am 100% hairy. I'm like a missing link between man and yeti. If I take off my shirt at the beach, a cryptozoologist would throw a net on me. Thanks to Manscaped grooming products, I can live more as a man and less as beast. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and oh man, it is a game changer. Inside this package, you will find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Their fourth-generation trimmer, features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. It's time to take care of yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TURNBUCKLES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with code 
turnbuckles. You know what would have been even better, by the way? What's that? Uh, if they told, if the new regime before Miz went out for his match, just somebody put it, their hand on his shoulder and said, yeah, we're not doing this anymore and made him change his <laughs> tights to normal Miz tights and they just threw away all the merch. That would have been better. I'll say That's, this. I thought that last week's episode where it was the first 50 minutes was nonstop, a nonstop thread of continuity that grew increasingly compelling and then tied up with a really good callback. That's your that's what you do. And I know that life's not perfect and you can't just pick and choose. And, and the network gave him the hour. But it's one of those things where it's like, ah, if only we, it was a week sooner that they could have had that commercial free because that was a compelling hour that sadly. Well, and, th- and this raw hours. moved better than it has maybe ever. I mean, it was ever there were lightning quick transitions. There wasn't See, a lot you, of bluff. I told you you'd love it. We yeah. were debating, Tommy, if you were going to like it or not like it. And Julie I'm, was like, I'm middle of the we road on like it on still. The fence and, I, and I was like, Tommy's going to love it, though. The presentation I like, but as far as the matches and it, it's still it's not different enough yet. And I know it's too much to expect because we're two weeks into a brand new creative regime, but it, it felt too much like what we've seen already. And I know it's going to be incremental and it's it's too much to ask for the first, you know, big show to be different. I mean, quite frankly, SummerSlam for me was a C plus show and it would have been less than a C plus if that main event didn't deliver mm-hmm. because first match red hot. I mean, the first match you had, uh, you had Bianca and Becky putting on an absolute banger. And then the next match was, uh, Miz and Logan Paul and Logan Paul again, exceeded all expectations, a phenomenal match. And then it was just, it just coasted. It was just there. And none of those matches were particularly compelling. And until the main event, I'm like, this is a bad pay-per-view. This is just, and it was granted all those matches, all those feuds had been set up from the previous regime. I understand that you have to pay it off, but it wasn't a good show. And I'm liking what they're doing going forward, but I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not there yet well, either. It's so, I mean, it's funny. We all watched SummerSlam and we, at the same time and we were like, we had a text chain going. And so I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, you know, as, as everyone knows uh, who listens, I had uh, my, my dad passed away a couple weeks ago. His services were on uh, Thursday and Friday. And, you know, I'm exhausted Saturday night. So I was w- what Vince would call preconditioned, meaning cranky and in a bad mood. And, you know, pay- it used to be like 7 p.m. Some of these shows start, start till 8 now. So I'm already like, ugh, and I'm older, too. So um, I'm in a bad mood, I'm watching it, didn't enjoy it. On, upon refiltering in, in my reflection, I liked it more. And I think it's just because I went in there with, oh, Triple H is in charge, everything's different, so I'm going to expect the amazing, like, everyone's coming back, every crazy turn. And, you know, they, they started out hot with Bailey coming back, and you're really like, well, shit, like, this may be, like, an insane WrestleMania 30 kind of show where you're like, God damn, there's going to be like eight insane surprises. Um, but then, you know, it was Edge. We knew kind of was coming back. He did what we thought he was going to do. Um, but I went back without that thing of this is going to be the most thing and just was like, okay, was it the, the best show that day? And I was like, I, I go like B plus. And I go, and I'm close to AMI because I'm like, it was a good show. It's just that I think, and that's a thing that we have to get used to is that right now everyone's expecting the world. 
at a Triple H and WWE creative. They're expecting everyone to just snap their fingers and the world's going to be different. But that's just well, not how it happens. You got to, you know, if you're bringing the, people back, they got to sign contracts. You got to make them tra travel is very difficult right now. Um, we've seen that superstars had travel problems the last few weeks. Um, as we know, the, the pandemic situation has gotten trickier again here. Um, so, you know, it's, um, I, I just think that I expected too much of it. And when I went back and watched it through like, okay, forget it. This is just a show. And I just looked at, went on and I went through the recap. I was like, you know what? Some good matches here, including, uh, the great match to start off Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. And last night we had, uh, some sad news is that Becky Lynch is going to be out for a while. We all thought that was a great sell. Tom, you had the note that it kind of reminded you of Hogan grabbing his ribs uh, at WrestleMania 18. Yeah, and she was in red and, red and yellow. Yeah. And so when she approached the ring at SummerSlam, there was a smile. And that character, the big-time big Bex character, does not smile. That character is a heel and is very taken with herself and a little unhinged and but when she approached the ring, she's in red and yellow, and she's got a smile on her face. I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a turn coming. Mm. Because you could, just, you could just smell it in the air. Also, the audience wanted it. I personally missed it, Tommy. I know you really liked this heel turn for her. I think she had a lot of fun with it. I think she, she played with it very nicely. But, oh, man, it just... I think it just allowed her a little, more creative, a little more creative expression. Totally. And it allowed her to have some fun in a different way. Because I thought the man character kind of boxed her in a bit. And I thought that this was a lot more fun because it was just a little more broad and a little wilder. Uh, but I loved the turn at the end. That, that match, to me, the closest facsimile I can, I can remember as far as what it felt like, it felt like Hogan Rock. It yes. really did. As yep. far as how many near falls there were, how invested the crowd was in it. And, and then the that turn at the end. In, kind of like with the NWO. When it they really felt like that. Yeah. It, it was, there was so many parallels, and I, I loved that match. I couldn't have loved it more. Uh, you know uh, what? The, the reason that pay-per-view came down a grade for me, there's two. Number one, you had no Seth and Riddle. That would have been a great match. And with that off the card, all point. of a sudden the grade comes down a little bit. And then even, dropping it even further is that McAfee-Corbin match. And that, that was another was thing that too long and terrible. Well, I mean, the Logan Paul thing... Well, McAfee, they were really putting over Logan Paul. Really okay, so putting over Logan that, Paul. Like, when you look at when you look at McAfee and his match, and you look at Logan Paul and his match, those are done. That's not for us. That's not for WWE people. That's for the mainstream. And that's for it is because Pat's got the giant podcast. Logan Paul's Logan Paul. But what we come to is what Julie and I have talked about quite a bit. And it was always talked about in Stanford. Uh, there's a, a brilliant writer by the name of Aaron Blitzstein. Um, who um, departed and was, was always saying like, you know, wh who's going to, who from the public is going to recognize certain characters. And that's why we were all excited about Drew McIntyre and the fiend and people that with a unique look like, Oh, this could, and Becky uh, quite a bit. And we were like, and street profits like this could be, you know, this, this is a scroll stopper. And I think that's, you know, anytime you have to depend on, I mean, look, Johnny Knoxville's match at Mania. That was fun. That was, I mean, that was great. Sami Zayn. To me, that's, he gets into the, when he, if Sami sticks around long enough to go in the Hall of Fame, I hope Knoxville's there to induct him. Because that's, that was, they were both great. Like, that was just a perfect moment. But that's, you know, a, a diamond in the rough. And I think that 
when you have to depend on bringing people from the outside or having someone like Pat, who's a media personality outside WWE, you have to give them those long matches because you know that that's why the outside mainstream viewers are watching. Um, and what I'd love to see is WWE starting to get to a point where, like in the late 90s, people from the outside want to come be in WWE. Uh WWE is the show. And that's why I look at Bianca. Um, I, I feel very confident in Bianca. I like Bianca Belair a lot. I know that's an understatement, but I would say to you, like, honestly, if I was WWE and I was someone in Stephanie's office and I'm thinking, how can I cross over? And you have that call with NBC. And you know every year they try to get somebody to host SNL, probably. Bianca Belair would be the one I would try to go for. She's the and, biggest star on Monday Night Raw yep, right now. And last 100%. night on Raw, she was all over the place. Yeah, she was, she was in great. like five or six different segments. You and know she what was fantastic. Becky, and I hate to say this because we all know, you know, it, it, sadly it was bittersweet. But in a weird way, I always felt like when The Rock hosted Saturday Night Live, that was Austin's spot. I felt like The Rock kind of got it because when, when Austin got injured and was out for a year, you know, you can't put someone on who's not on TV. So The Rock got that spot and he fucking killed it and he became The Rock. And I sort of look at that now where I'm like, I feel like had it not been for the pandemic, you would have seen Becky Lynch hosting a Saturday Night Live and it didn't happen. And now Becky's injured, but you got to pat. And Becky, that's what makes Becky great is that she didn't put up a stink. There was no, you know, shooting going on. She did did business, did business again on Raw last night and is written off TV. And uh, but I think that's sort of a similar thing where, you know, five years from now, everyone might know Bianca Belair and say, oh, yeah, God, Bianca Belair from whatever her third or fourth movie is. And it's like, I just hope Becky Lynch gets her due because there are she, people. She sad, there are people sadly now that, you know, mainstream people that it time marches on. And when you say. Stone Cold Steve Austin, they kind of go, oh, yeah, then you go The Rock. Oh, yeah, of course I know The Rock. And in the moment, they were neck and neck. And I hope that, um, you know, Becky's not this generation's Austin. I hope she comes back and gets her moment and gets to keep, keep going, you know? As much as I'm going to miss her, because she's my favorite wrestler working today, this allows Becky to have a proper creative reset. I think it, the time off will be good. And if, if she made a comeback after motherhood, she ain't going to worry at all about a separated shoulder. She's going to get through that in a hurry. Um, she's the best in the business, and we'll, we'll see her again shortly. Um, but yeah, I'm, last night, she gave Bianca her flowers, and Bianca took them and ran. And mm -hmm. she had a great Monday Night Raw. Uh, you know, we had the chaotic backstage attack so that they could write Becky off of the storyline where yeah. uh, Bailey Isn't and her, ironic her new crew control. Every time you're injured at WWE, you then have to get the shit beat up <laughs> yep. again. You know, when you like Even Cody Rhodes with his, heal, with his black and blue body, they Ooh, had to like, do it to him. I remember oh. when I was a kid, I, bro I broke my finger and I, I popped it back in myself, but of course did it fucking wrong. Uh, Julie just almost threw up. That's, I'm saving you the awful details of this story. Believe me, it was a horrible thing. Tom knows the story, but uh, when I went to the doctor, they had he had he had to like rebreak it and then put it back in. Imagine doing that with a folding chair. That's what you have to do if you work for WWE. <laughs> Every time you get injured, what's that? What's broken? Your elbow? Okay, well we're gonna have someone beat the crap out of it with a chair backstage tonight to make sure everyone knows it's definitely broken. <sighs> tough fucking person, but uh, another tough person and. This is not going to sit well with Tommy. I know this. Um, it's not going to sit well with um, 
person's wife, who's a fellow Emerson alum and a Facebook friend, as a matter of fact. I just don't get Ciampa. How dare you? I don't. I'm sorry. I don't get him. I don't get... I know that's unpopular. Um, what, what am I... What, Tommy, who's Ciampa? Tell me on this character. Not the um, person, the character. Well, first, first of all, you have to basically throw out everything they've done with him already. Because that was Vince didn't understand Ciampa, and Vince made him a goon for that's the Miz. That's all he has to be. He's a guy that runs. He's like a soccer hooligan who runs in and interferes. Because that's how they've put him on the main roster. But the, Ciampa, both his work in the ring, and I, I, I keep sending you guys these promos they don't put on television that they've only put on the internet of Ciampa doing promos that are amazing. Yeah, the guy can talk. Yeah, and he has this weird, creepy intensity. If I'm rebooking. Champa. First of all, I give him his first name back. I mean, if I Tommaso no, no one would call name. me Tommy if my first name was Tommaso. Everyone would call me Tommaso. What if That's they named amazing... him Killings? Yeah. How, well, how so confusing for that fucking guy. <laughs> give, give him his first name back. And second, make him a rogue. Make him a wild card. Make him a, a heel that attacks heels. So have my this is what Ooh. I would do. Okay, so now I'm in. You, so you have you have Champa against Bobby Lashley. You just sold me because I pictured '97 Steve Austin right then. Yeah. Okay. You, so, now I'm in. so you have Champa against Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Have the Miz help him win, and he wins the U.S. title, and then Champa turns on Miz and he's oh, like, "You can't okay. trust this guy. He, he's he's just an intent." Okay. Now I'm in. Yep. I mean, he's got a great, an amazing real life story to come back from just a devastating injury and Broken keep neck. beating keep beating the odds and man he was always vince always had him on the chopping block and now that hunter's in charge you know he's gonna get around okay now now did, i'm in did so you that's, see the that's, he did that's a move that i've never seen before he did a power bomb and granted it's on a, on chad gable so a smaller guy but it was either chad gable or dolph ziggler but he did a move where he it was a power bomb into a, a backstabber i don't even know how you do that it was literally a power well, bomb position then let's go of the guy and then brought his knees up for the backstabber. I've never seen that move before. He's, he's a really innovative wrestler and he's super intense. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's in ridiculous shape and he's an intense, he's a scary looking guy. Uh, much in the same way that like uh, Pac, who was Neville in WWE was. Oh, he's yeah. just got a, a weirdly, oddly Neville angular face. Neville came up a lot in the offices as a great what if. Yeah, it's, yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's Can I tell bad. you, and this now, is what I'm scared of for WWE. Sure. The show is going to be all wrestling. There are people in Stanford, if I, you know, who if they heard you say that, Julia, they'd say, well, then what? You shouldn't watch. It's not for you. Yeah, great. And then I would counter and say, time out. Aren't you guys a television show? Yeah. Aren't you the longest running episodic television show? And did you just tell a viewer they shouldn't watch? What kind of business are you doing? Oh, they're a mark. Well, then you're an old head. Is what I would say. <laughs> okay, can I be the sunshine on this cloudy day for a second? Remember well, we're in trouble if that's what. Well, remember Triple H was in charge of NXT when they produced Bianca Belair, yeah, Becky yeah, yeah, Lynch, yeah. Bailey, uh, Charlotte Flair, um, and then as far as showmanship, he made an NXT champion out of No Way Jose. That's true. Uh, Finn Balor when he was the Demon. They were all about entertainment. This, I, I, I think the creative reset right now, they had to kind of, they're still kind of working with the skeleton of what Vince had put out there. 
they still have to kind of tie up those loose ends. And that's why I'm not too hard on them, even though I didn't particularly care for last night's episode either. I did like the wrestling and I liked the speed of it. Uh, I liked the production speed of it. I just didn't care for the episode. It was it didn't further too much for me. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The storylines for me, I didn't learn anything like I was just like it was just it was it no. did further things. It did like make things more intense, but it didn't. I was like, this didn't take me anywhere different. I was like, you know I what I did love passionate kind of, but like I didn't learn any like I know. Yeah, I get it. I get what these characters are going to do. There are two little things that they did last night that I love going forward because I think that this is like this is where they kind of make their little uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe out of WWE. That promotion that that promo they did, the video uh, package for the U.S. Championship was awesome because you tie that. Oh, Julie shaking her head. No, you you have to. Because, Julie, that, first of all, you want to sell Dusty Rhodes T-shirts. So, number one, you have to do it for that alone. But I'm just going to do like want, Vince when they used to do superstars and let Roddy and Randy go at it. We want canon. We want canon. We, we, it, if the belt just showed up today, then it belt, the belt doesn't mean anything. And the problem with the U.S. Championship and the Intercontinental Championship is because they're considered the secondary belts. But they're not secondary belts. They're very, they, I mean, they have rich histories and each of those belts has been worn by impressive performers it's i feel the same way about any any belt the belt only means what the performers bring to it and though both of those belts are underutilized and have been given to like vince kind of just tossed the secondary belts at whoever like it was spaghetti up against the wall well brock tossed it at him so what's he supposed to do (laughs) asshole asshole i can't wait to uh i can't wait to see the promo for the 24 7 belt soon then well so, yeah i feel like that's yeah, julia yeah, has a theory I, I, about and that, in that memoriam. i agree with it might be going away yeah yeah and then you lose your funniest person oh, you only God, need one funny don't. person i know i here's know here's the thing with wrestling is it like i feel like it's a variety the show between the quote marks and the the quote old heads and the quote marks want a lot of comedy and the quote old heads want wrestling and a good tv show though is the comedy finds itself and I feel our truth is just naturally hilarious. You don't need anyone other than our, the only, I mean, really, in my opinion, the only genuinely funny people on Monday night raw are Gable Gable. And it's sometimes Otis, depending on his reactions to Gable. And then, uh, Becky, when she's on commentary can be hilarious, like in a very heelish way. And our truth, that's all you need. You don't need a whole lot of backstages where they, Riff and Matt, you just need our truth. I just need him at the 10 o'clock crossover. A funny thing, because if everything's funny, then nothing's funny. You need that one funny thing that stands out as being a funny segment. And at the same time, if everything's wrestling, it loses its meaning. If everything's action-packed, it's like Julie said, by the third hour, I'm like, this is just a four-hour diehard movie. And I'm like, all right, climb to the top of the building already. And so... But it comes back to what, you know, Triple H, there's videos in circulating where he talks about during an interview on, with Steve Austin several years ago, he flat out says, uh, I don't think Raw should be a three hour show. And there's the rumors are already going around that is, is he going to chop it down to two? I say that's a good idea. And Tommy, I loved your idea from a few weeks back. Monday Night Heat. Yep. Eight to nine. That's where you do your 24 seven nonsense. That's where you do your, your put Kayla Braxton in there only the only host and she's joined at commentary by a rotating panel and then nine o'clock that's when it's like okay put the kids to bed 
you know, it's that's when the sirens go and you bring back all the old school stuff. Um, but I think they're still finding themselves. That was uh, my I agree. feeling. I want to give Triple H leeway to find what his voice is for Raw. I think, and well, I think a good. lot of fans yeah. have been so excited and waiting for this and, and ready for the next evolution of what wrestling modern day wrestling is. And Triple H is the right person to do that. And so I don't want to be the one who's like, eh, this wasn't that great because he needs time. He, he yeah. deserves six months to a hire, year. G, hires a GM. Everyone's yeah. excited for the first two weeks. And I then agree. Three weeks. How come we're not great yet? I agree. I had I agree. years of things to undo. Yeah. I just um, for me last night was just too much. It was too much wrestling. And maybe I'm not the audience. Maybe that's OK. If that's a choice that they want, then, you know, perhaps I'm not the audience for that. That's fine. The wrestling It's just that the. I understand. Look, here's the thing. Paul Heyman, we've heard. We like Paul Heyman. We've talked about him. We always say nice things. Uh, reliable sources inform me that he's working creative again. Great. Cool. Good thing. But Paul's all about the action. He's all about the wrestling. And the first thing he's going to cut, his collapsible segments are going to be the non-wrestling things. And like to bring the casual viewer in, that's when you got to slow down. And you got to say, I got to suck it up and bite the bullet here and let the shit I don't care about. I got to have a couple of these things because if I don't care about it, someone different than me probably does care about it. That means more people are watching. Uh, I just didn't think I thought a lot of the, the stuff last night. Paul, like they like to tell their stories in the ring sometimes. But to me, I was just like, I get it. And that leads me to our next segment, which is I get it. The, the judgment day. They're dicks. I, I'm convinced. Still, thank you. Oh, you end, we, that's how we're ending the show. We're going to remind you they're dicks. So I'm just going to flat out ask, how do we, can we rescue this storyline? Or is this just like... Because I thought when they, got, when they did the honors last week and lost the Mysterious, I was like, okay, finally. Like, Triple H has been like, let's figure out a way out of this. And no, we're doubling down with the Judgment Day. Uh, I continue to call everyone they wrestle against Planet Fitness because that's the No Judgment Zone. So last night... Uh, they wrestled another Planet Fitness, and uh, the Mysterios again were were their foes. And uh, yeah, still the Judgment Day, still dicks, and Edge is still mad at them. And also Edge's promo, where he's like, "I understand, I understand. I've been kind of a jerk the last few months. I'm sorry, but I'm really mad at the." Ju-. And then he kind of talked, and I'm like, "Okay, yeah." But in a way, it's like that. I can't decide if that's good or if that's just a good. If the WWE really is tapping into our culture, because that is kind of the way I of the liked world. it. I, I understand it. I've been a terrible asshole, but it's been three months, and I think it's time you all forgive me. Well, yes, okay, good, yes. They should, we bring we need celebrities. That okay. felt genuine, and I liked the I liked that it wasn't a long, drawn out melodramatic promo. It felt but Tom, real. He was like fucking murdering people, <laughs> and he just comes back and he's like, I he he's using the 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 candy bar defense. And saying, like, I'm sorry, my blood sugar was a little bit low. I didn't have my Snickers yet. And now I'm back and I got a clear head and a new haircut. And I dress like John from John and Kate plus eight. And I'm ready to go in there and wrestle with my sunglasses on. I'm Stifler from American Pie and I'm ready to fuck shit up. I am very complimentary of people who take risks as it relates to fashion on this show. Like Seth Rollins, I am all for it. Becky Lynch, yes, here we Mm -hmm. go. Anybody who wants to take even even the the Mrs. 
My Balls Are Massive Speedo is better than Edge's new look. Oh, you know who Edge is? And I just reminded, it just, it just hit me. He's Larry David when he was in that sketch with the, uh, he was, hey, it's me, I'm Kevin Roberts. Remember <laughs> oh, yeah. that sketch where he wore the orange suit and the sunglasses yes. at the police yes. training academy? Oh, that's of like, right. Who you do and you don't go after? Yes. That's who Edge, I just, it just hit me. I was, that's Julie, right. hats off. You made a, a, great, a great thing you put on TikTok. That I thought called it, but he's Kevin Roberts to me. Edge. Look at go everyone Google after the podcast, Google Kevin Roberts. And that's that is exactly that's holy shit. That's fucking him. I'm looking at the picture right now. He's <laughs> he's got the orange suit. He's got the 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 same exact haircut, the same exact soul patch, and the sunglasses. That's Edge. So you you're 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 Kevin Roberts. Can I, can I get back at the judgment day in this bitch? That's who you are, Edge. Julie, Maybe did that's you how dig, they get out of it. Did you dig the, uh, the plum-colored suits? Because I actually liked that look. It was, it oh, was yeah. different for him. When he was, when he was on the judgment day. Well, right. I'm gonna yes, an his hair was amazing. I loved the Viking throwback. I'm going to make an executive decision here, you yeah. guys. I'm going to yes. step in as my best. Play-by-play role and say that when we start talking about plum color suits, I think we've come to the end of uh, the Raw recap. Well, if you want to see how much wrestling or plum-colored suits or Kevin Roberts show up, uh, it's Monday Night Raw, Mondays at 8 on USA, and then there's NXT, as we mentioned, at 8 on USA on Tuesdays. And, of course, Friday Night SmackDown, Fridays at 8 on the Fox Network. All right, so we just have some remaining news we're going to breeze through really quick here, sort of a PTI style end of the show. Let's start. Uh, the NIL tryouts. Boy, this did not fly. And uh, you guys knew more about it. All I know is Dwight Howard showed up and cut a promo, and it was what it sounds like. And That's peeped our socials. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Well, what happened? There was, you said there, I guess there were some injuries at the NIL. So explain what NIL. Julie, this is your, your day job. Explain yeah. to us what this is. NIL refers to name, image, likeness. College athletes aren't paid to play the, the college sport. Um, however, uh, now they are allowed to make money off their name, image, and likeness. And Previously, they games, weren't able right? to. It was video games. They were in college video games and stuff like that. But even and, merch or, yeah. you know, Twitch or make money off off any part of their life. They weren't able to do as it related what's to WWE the sport. doing with this. Yeah, what's their, pretty much. So what's pretty what's much. their program? Like, explain this to me. They brought in some <laughs> college athletes and some yeah. pro athletes to an open tryout. And what happened? So some footage went out there from uh, both Paul Heyman and Triple H giving great speeches to the kids. But the thing is, so you know, a tryout for any athletic event is not going well when the word concussions plural is used. Uh, a lot of people not got good. hurt. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so they really wanted to, I, I, and again, I think this doing. is partially Vince's vision. He wanted real athletes to come out of college, but wrestling is such a niche. They got the Quidditch sport. players. Yeah, that I have I mean, in my comedy classes. One of the reasons you that, had a line, current, a great line about Brick Tamlin from Anchorman. That, oh yeah, so there's a deleted scene that I think is in the credits of yeah. Anchorman, and so uh, Ron Burgundy <laughs> asks Brick Tamlin, uh, "Why aren't you guys doing your your golf tournament this year?" And Brick said, 
a lot of people died last year. Oh, too <laughs> like, many people died. Yeah, too yeah. many people died. <laughs> and he breaks. He starts laughing. That's what right? this so sounded can, like. By yeah. the way, as a as a poor college kid who was looking to the WWE uh, as a potential income someday, uh, you always want to start out in a program called Nil. Uh, there's a branding problem yeah. right off the bat. I, I mean, look, everyone knows if you want to get into wrestling, there's a front door for that. You, yep. you, the, you go to, you go to the Indies, you wrestle a little bit, you start, you know, sending your tapes out there. There's a way to do it. I don't think you can cultivate a wrestler from someone who doesn't want it a hundred percent. Why? I mean, why would anyone who wants it even 50% put themselves through the ungodly amount of physical pain and torture to become it a reminded wrestler. me of those audition tape again. I'm gonna excited again. It reminded me of an SNL audition tape. A lot of them, but they weren't like the ones that you don't get to see. Like not Dana Carvey, and you know not Jim Carrey when he didn't even get. But like the ones where it's like you're you're like you know your friend tried out and didn't get it. You're like I don't need to see it. Yeah, it's it's all good. We all like Julie. We're all not. We all have friends, and we're like yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Like I I I know. I'm, I'm please leave. Like I know the person who watched it and didn't laugh, and uh, I don't need to see that. And well, I, I have a lot what, of actor I, friends. The footage who are, I saw of everyone kind of just smiling awkwardly while these people. I was like, eee. "Well, I have a lot of actor friends who are putting like every one of their remote auditions they're putting up on social media." And I'm like, "Guys, you you should not do that. No, you, you absolutely should not do that. Update. I mean, even a great actor does not look good in a self tape." Speaking of um, acting and uh, things that we are, uh, how long before Ric Flair's next final match? At one least year. a week. Next summer. We're going to see it again. Please never it, again. Please never again. Please. Nope. It's going to happen. Hey, shout out to Conrad, though, who got in on the action. He got in on the, as he calls it, the Gaga. Did you see the finish? Conrad was involved. Didn't he throw a chair in the ring or something? The brass knuckles. Oh. Like brass knuckles. Yes. You Isn't know, that but, possible? Like, I feel happy for Conrad because, you know, that's like a, that's an amazing, like, that's a life moment right there. And it is like, his father-in-law. Yeah. 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 So is it impossible to retire with grace in this industry? Sometimes it, I feel like in just this go. industry. What Sean what Michaels industry? almost we are, did it. We have an 80 year old president. Well, Sean Michaels Everyone almost that, did that it. Ran against him. Same age. There, there is no grace. <laughs> it's true to quote to quote Christmas vacation. Grace. She died 40 years ago. We're moving on. Oh, speaking of dying, the Undertaker's one man show. Oh, no. No, it went well. Oh, I heard it was oh, really good. Okay. I thought you were I'm talking a about the disappointed, act. I was though, like, oh, God, just in case, God. just in case, uh, Julie, as you know, I, I used to write jokes for other people for living. Yes. Uh, and um, just in case, I wrote a couple jokes for the Undertaker. Oh, great! He I can't wait to I hear them. The bell, the bell didn't toll. He didn't show up. But can I just run them real quick by please, you guys? All right, please. There's just two. All right. Here's one. I gotta get it in my Undertaker voice. If the only thing that doesn't disintegrate is the pine box, why don't they build the whole body out of the pine box? Who are these demons? <laughs> All right, and one more. Here we go. You ready? Grape nuts. No holes, no souls. What's the deal? <laughs> Call me up, Mark. I'm ready for your next show. Uh, and, and then, then Tom, we got to get to this. And it's AEW ratings. They had quite a wild week last week. Ramp, uh, Dynamite through the roof. And then Rampage was like, 
Did Tony watch Rampage? <laughs> Did he forget to tweet much about it? Yeah, like, I he think forgot he forgot to tell well, Mountain Time when it's on. Again, as, yeah, he as, forgot. As the right, I knew right away. I was like, he forgot Mountain Time. Ah, oh, we're fucked. Like this is the good turnbuckles. One. As the so turnbuckles, you have on this, Tom. Legit, t- good insight. Take us through what is what's so, what's going on over there. I, I will admit because I'm a huge Triple H mark and because I'm a lifetime WWE fan, I'm happy for what's happening over at WWE. I am also a little sad as a new AEW fan that this is going to take some spotlight off of them. What they did do was they had a really shrewdly booked uh, dynamite on Wednesday that was out of the DCU Center in Worcester, Massachusetts. They had uh, Roosh versus John Moxley, which, by the way, John Moxley is putting on the run of his career, just the best matches he's ever had every single week. Um, you had Danhausen. Finally wrestling versus absolute Ricky Starks. How'd he do? Who, I didn't get to watch the Danhausen match. Uh, okay, short match. One of the things that yeah. I didn't know was that he is coming back from a broken leg. And oh, Danhausen, I didn't know that. Yeah. So Danhausen is not the biggest guy in the world and to suffer a gruesomely broken leg in a match. Uh, so he, he had a short match against absolute Ricky Starks, who, by the way, I just thought he was like, kind of a, a skinnier The Rock, like somebody just kind of biting off that style. When I first saw him, I didn't get the appeal. And over the weeks, man, that guy has won me over. Absolute superstar. Repeat the name the again for people tuning in for the first time. Absolute Ricky Starks. They had a yeah. really fun little video promotion beforehand, and he beat Danhausen, and then chal- he didn't expend a lot of energy, very short match. Fun match, but a short match. How was Dan uh, after? What did he do? Did he do anything funny after he lost? Uh, well, he just kind of left the ring because his buddy Hook came to the ring and oh, defeated okay. Absolute Ricky Starks for the FTW Championship, which was his dad Taz's belt in ECW. Mm-hmm. So that was a cool moment. He's got his dad's belt, and Starks took the loss, and he took it with grace. He's been a heel pretty much his whole run. And so he cut an impassioned promo uh, about how he made the FTW belt something, and he did. He absolutely mm-hmm. did. And then he was turned on by uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. Both of those guys going to be big, big stars. I was really worried about uh, uh, AEW going forward because I don't want to see them washed away in all this WWE news because when there's wrestling competition, wrestling is great. And I think they'll be fine. I think as long as they don't try to be WWE anymore, and that's where there is one thing that they have to kind of shore up, and that is that, who are the, guy, the guys that are over in, in uh, AEW? They're yeah. the smaller guys. Ricky Starks, Dan Housen, Orange Cassidy, the Young Bucks. Uh, all those guys are smaller guys. And so now you have Wardlow, who mm-hmm. is a WWE-sized monster, who yep. has their, t- the, you know, their, their secondary title. He's not as over as they thought he would be with that title. And it's because he's really not an he's AEW an guy. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, the, he's. I didn't I don't hear think you say a lot of women on that list, Tommy, mm. too. And I think WWE yeah. has a massive edge there. They do. Um, there was an issue. Not with, to be confused um, with the poorly dressed they Larry definitely, David Edge. They have a problem in their women's division. Uh, I do. I like Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, I like Thunder Rosa. Real dentist, like by the Cargill. way. That's not a gimmick. Yeah. No, she's a real dentist. They got to, yeah, they, but Florida. they got to dive into that a little bit more. They got to find a way to go mainstream. Like I agree. Saying. Yeah. I agree. Well, and they have to, they have to cut down the roster. But They're you know what a big problem with that is over at Warner. It's like, there's this 
you know, conglomeration has been going on in the TV and with Discovery and the Warner, the merger, and so much has been eaten away. And so you just saw Sam B's show go away. No one replaced Conan's show. So it's kind of tough in terms of like, where do you send your stars to get them promoted when you have a deal with Turner right now? I think Can they'll be okay. Can you deal with Viacom? Can you get people on Colbert? And Cord- I mean, I've said forever, Corden would be a great show for the AEW people to go on. Well, and AEW has been ranking WWE there, but that would be a good place to send people, but they got to do it. They've been ranking right behind WWE as far as the cable ratings. Why Um, do you think uh, that they didn't have a good between Wednesday night and Friday night though, Tom, because they're killing it on Wednesday and Friday. It's just an infomercial. Yeah. I think Friday night, unfortunately it, because it's a shorter show and because it's it's a taped show. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those things, they're going to have to find a way to either expand uh, rampage or make it live or both. Yeah. Uh, that's the problem. And also you're getting a taped show that is taped after a hot live show. Yeah. That's always going to be a problem. You know, it's, I did an interview with someone recently. Uh, I wrote an article a few months back on late night and some things they could. And so someone it's, you know, I've done a couple interviews off that article and someone said, uh, I won't say who, but there's a streaming service. I was thinking about doing a, a, a live nightly late night show. They're thinking of doing that. And it, and then oh, wow, really? what I said in response was, yes, but it costs, and it's true to produce a live show is way more expensive on a regular basis than to do a pre-recorded show, especially after, after another show. It's like double. So, so we can sit here and say to Tony Khan, oh, you got to make the Friday night show live. Cause when they did that with CM Punk, it was fucking unbelievable. Every time they've gone live, uh, rampage has been great, but it's not my money. It's Tony Khan's money. I mean, you know, or his dad's money, depending on who, if you're Jim Cornette or not. And, um, you know, it's easy to say, why don't you just go live? It costs a lot of fucking money to go live. And when you've already spent a lot on a lot of guys and you have guys that are on the shelf, that are, the injuries that you're paying, guaranteed money, that's why. So I, it's just like, yeah, I think it's like you wonder, Tony's been doing all this business, whether you think there's some kind of merger that happens at some point. Where the teams up says, fuck it, man, let's team up and make this a full-time thing and just go all out. And does he kind of try? Because, you know, Vince did try to do that in the 80s. As we all know, he did try to go to people, uh, you know, the Vern Gagne's of the world and stuff like that and try to say, hey, let's try. And I don't know how genuine he really was if he thought they'd take him seriously. But, you know, he did try to say, hey, let's get in on this. You know, and then there was other people that came along from California and stuff like that. Oh, I want to go West Coast and maybe Vince should. But, like, does Tony do that? Does he say... Fuck it. Yeah, I need a I need a partner here. Compete. I mean, they're the Midwest promotion right now because Chicago is their big market. Mm-hmm. Um, I will I will say this. I think that they'll be fine. Um, I think that Tony will they Khan, be great. Are they I, really you know what? Gonna compete? They flash greatness every week. It's just there's a consistency issue. I I think that um, Tony Khan is very open, by the way, to any kind of crossover. And there, I think there's a real false narrative in the internet wrestling community about Triple H wanting to bury AEW. I think he would do business. I absolutely think he would do business. I don't think Triple H is that guy. And that's a topic that, that Julie and I, we want to talk about on, I think maybe we'll do it next week. Julie and I had a little bit of topic that kind of circles back to that on what if all the promotions did do business together. And, and Tom, we want to get you involved. Like, let's prep for it. We'll do it for sure. next week. Uh, well, and Julie, one more thing, because I, I didn't mention her in the, uh, the women's wrestlers at AEW that I do enjoy. There was a really good women's main event on Rampage, and it was old friend of Ruby Soho, formerly oh. Ru- Ruby Riot, uh, versus Anna Jay, who is an incredibly improved performer. And they had, 
I think maybe the first ever woman's main event on Rampage, and it was really good. If you want to catch AEW Dynamite, it's Wednesday at 8 on TBS, Rampage, Friday at 10 on TNT. Thank you so much for listening, and be sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. We're also on YouTube at Turnbuckles Pod. And also subscribe, review, and give us that five-star rating. Yes, please. And uh, let the writers dress like writers and let the tractors dress like tractors. <laughs> at Ryan Mania, at Julie HX2, and at Tommy Ree Comedy to find us personally and at Turnbuckles Pod everywhere else. This is going to backfire spectacularly on me. <laughs> find John first, everyone. See ya, Buckleheads. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.